Welcome to Has Weird Childhoods, a podcast where we explore the impact of childhood emotional trauma through conversation and tabletop role-playing games. I'm your host and game master, Will. I'm Han, your local gay plant enthusiast who <laughs> has trouble speaking. I'm Cheryl, the emu trainer. Okay. Uh <laughs> Ew. No, Han, yours is great. Blowing it, man. Already. No. I know, right? I'm just like, you, uh, you had so much time. <laughs> so, uh, we, we wanted to have an episode just to talk a little bit about the podcast. Um, you know, while, while we're doing this podcast, kind of where the idea came from and then what you can expect from uh, the format of the podcast. So, as our intro kind of laid out there, we, we are a podcast um, that's going to explore childhood emotional trauma, specifically the emotional trauma of your hosts, Will, Cheryl, and Han, um, through both conversation, you know, just our lives, what's going on, what we've been through, but also through tabletop role-playing games. So, um, Han, we what, have what, a lot to say. Do what? Sorry, we have a lot to say. We have a lot to say, and you know, we hope you're interested in hearing about it. Why don't you, Han? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what what you want to see happen in this podcast, or what you want this podcast to be about? I just honestly, I want to see like individual growth for everyone, like for whatever that means to them, being a better person. I'm not over here trying to be Gandhi. I swear, I'm just like, like really and truly. Like peace and love for all. You want us to grow, or our listeners to grow through us? Anyone listening, like whether that's like me or you, like constructive conversation, like what's going on in our own heads, you know, our day to day. Like, I mean, because we're all, you know, living in a post-pandemic wasteland, as it were. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I feel like we all, as a collective, you know, not, you know, just, like, what can we do? Hands our hippie mom. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm just sitting here surrounded by plants, man. So, speaking of pandemic, I mean, I think that's why we started talking about this. So, you know, just a little bit about us. I mean, um... I, I'm Will. Uh, my wonderful spouse, Cheryl, has agreed to participate in this podcast, probably despite her, um, you know, her, 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 her internal thoughts about it. Um, and then Han is my sibling um, who lives several states away. And we were we were just kind of FaceTime and we're like, man, this could be a podcast. Um, maybe not. But, you know, we, we thought we'd try it anyway, especially with COVID going on. I mean, we had all been in lockdown you know, and so like everyone else, we'd baked the breads, we we planted yes. the plants, and now we start the podcast. I mean, no, I no, think no. that's and we gained thirty pounds. Well, and we not, gained thirty not, pounds. Well, some hand. of us gained thirty pounds. Han got like fit Super as fuck. Fit. Yeah, right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. Why didn't you eat all that bread you made? <laughs> well, see, that was the thing. It was more of a curiosity of the science behind what happens when I put these things in the bowl that intrigued me rather than the eating the bread itself. Like, trust me, many of them tasted like shit. Did you know if you take a homemade sourdough loaf 
and cut like 10% of it off, like off the end, like around like a classic sourdough loaf. And it's got that hard, crusty outside. But then you can hold that hard, crusty outside like a bag of chips and just reach your hand into the soft, bready center and eat it, the whole thing. I learned, Damn. that's what I learned over COVID. As we gained 30 pounds. Definitely. Um, yeah. Thanks to bread and, and being home and work from home, definitely put on some weight. So. Yeah. See, all I can think about is like, I don't know. See, that that's probably my problem. Right. Because when everyday monotony becomes a little, you know, much for my special brain, I will put on Great British Baking Show. As many, many have and do. We all love the Great British Baking Show. All I could think of when you said that about the bread, you know, the hard crusty outside and the middle part or whatever, is just Paul just, you know, mashing the inside of a loaf. And, like, that's, I guess, the part I find intriguing rather than actually eating the bread. Like, what makes that happen, you know? And over the course of this podcast, we'll also explore the other things that are wrong with you, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Diagnose me, baby. I'm here. (laughs) So speaking of COVID and and we'll, we'll do all of our introductions like over, we'll talk about, we'll each talk a little bit on this, but I did want to, I want to throw this out there. COVID update, um, you know, insert little news, you know, news bulletin, the, um, yes, our County, started vaccinating everyone over age 18 last week, which I found out and like scored an appointment for Cheryl and I, like same day we walked in, got our first COVID shot Pfizer. Um, it, it, it was an easy enough shot, but God, it made my arm sore. I, mean, I think I'm just now like no longer sore in that arm. Damn. Like four or five days later. How about you share? Uh, mine was sore for about two days. It, it was really kind of, it reminded me of a flu shot soreness. And then, that was it. Maybe he did something wrong with you because when they gave Will his shot, the guy gave it to him and he didn't even get a Band-Aid. And when he gave me my shot, the lady that was there with him was like, do you need a Band-Aid? And he was like, yeah, I. And then he mumbled something, didn't get something, something. I got a Band-Aid. And I just want to say that I was upset because it was just a cheap, plain Band-Aid. I mean, Walgreens at least has a red one that says Walgreens. This was just like they went out on the floor and got it. Band-Aid. Well, and that's so that's the weird thing about like our county doing this whole like you can come get a shot. Only the local pharmacies have actually been doing it. Like the CVSs and Walgreens is is they're they're still like unless you're phase one C, you can fuck right off. Um so yeah, it was it was weird. It was surreal. But I will say it's so fucking surreal to me to have gotten this vaccine. Like I was already like made up my mind because I'm like relatively healthy and young. Um was healthier pre-pandemic and the weight gain. But anyway, um yeah, I, I didn't figure I would get the shot until like September. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's just surreal. Like the whole pandemic thing has been surreal. I mean, I think like for me, you know, how have I coped and why do I want to do this podcast? I cope by like building a dope ass home theater because like I love the cinema. I love seeing movies. I love like the, everything about it. And it just that was like, you know, and not that I like the crowds. I mean, I would love to just like rent a theater to myself and go watch a movie. Um, But, you know it just it just was crazy like the no new movies and like the theaters were closed and like amc is like whatever you know they're they're talking about bankruptcy and everything but you know diamond hands right it's going straight to the moon um no okay 
yes. <laughs> anyway. No. no, no, no. I do. I do have something to add or rather ask here. So I know, you know, like your interest in, you know, cinema in general, like, is it what what aspect of cinema like intrigues you? Like, is it more the, the production of it? Is it like the lights, camera, action part of it? Like, you know, because I feel like there's so many different components and like, sure. I, I I just it always interests me to hear like what level like every individual person like enjoys the most. I mean, for me, it's definitely, you know, it's a combination of it. I mean, I, I like, I guess, the thought of, you know, because so like the types of movies that I like, I guess would probably help people understand that a little bit. But like, I love like genre films, you know, like sci-fi fantasy. I love like surrealist cinema. Um you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like this concept of being able to bring this, um, this unreal vision to life. And then, you know what I'm saying? To like translate that into, to life or to interpret something through a lens. I mean, I think that's just, it's kind of incredible. And so, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of COVID like building out my home theater, got that Atmos, um, and like real Atmos to like ran speakers into my ceiling and all that good jazz to make it like for realsies. Um, and it's been great. I mean, like, now HBO Max is like dumping all these movies same day release right into my house. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm for that part of it. I mean, because it was never about going to the theater for me. It was just about like, you know, the new films and, and seeing the films. And because like Cheryl knows, I mean, like I don't like rewatching films. Like I, I want to see it through one time. That's, you know, probably something that's wrong with me. I'm the same way with books, but you know, so yeah, I'm just, I'm like, you know, that, that was the most, I guess, kind of crazy or surreal part of COVID, but you know, for the podcast, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast just because like, I like nerding out about like the, the back end of it, like, you know, the, the audio and the engineering and all that jazz and like finding a system so we could record remotely, which hopefully is working and we don't lose this hour or so of work we put in so far. Um, fingers crossed, but you yes. know, I, I just, I just think it would be fun. I've always thought it would be fun to do a podcast. Um, my thing is it's always been a little hard to like come up with, you know, what the thing to do the podcast on is, if that makes sense. And so, I mean, you guys know, we spend a lot of time like going back and forth in, in, in a group chat, just like, what, what is, what's our niche? What are we going to talk about? You know, which is, I think the hard part of doing a podcast. And so this is probably not going to be, you know, in new and notable on, on iTunes anytime soon, podcasts, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I hope that people listen to it and get something out of it. Unlike Han, I'm not here for your self-actualization and realization. I just hope you're somewhat entertained. I mean, damn, why not have both? <laughs> I'm not saying we can't have both. I'm just telling you why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl, why do you want to do a podcast other than I asked you to? Other than that? Um, I'm I'm here, you know, support you guys. I'm I'm basically here to vent. I'll say, cause you know, we're we're gonna go through, like you said, the the childhood trauma and general trauma. And I don't do people well, and therefore I don't talk to anyone really other than you two and my therapist. And therefore, you know, here's here's some of the venting, which is therapeutic and keeps me from building it all up inside and eventually blowing up, which I'm one to do. Yeah, I, I think that's like something probably worth talking about. I mean, I, I think that we all have, um, you know, I, I guess various 
challenges when it comes to like <laughs> dealing with the world and with life, um, you know, various problems, which we have collectively as a group kind of decided that at least some of this was probably caused by some level of parental or religious or whatever trauma in our childhood. Uh, and so that's something I think that we'll definitely, we, we can talk about now and we'll talk about throughout the series. I, you think, you know, just what that meant, you know, what it's like to grow up like that. And, you know, how to kind of like find your, find your way after that. I mean, because we've spent a lot of time, I think together, just talking about that, like on FaceTime and through tags and stuff. And Hannah, I think it was probably your comment that was like, you know, other people could probably be helped from hearing these conversations. You know, they might not, maybe, maybe not, but maybe so. Maybe it would help someone else to hear that other people went through that, you know, the same kind of stuff we did. Yeah. I just think there's like so many like levels to different kind of trauma that's experienced by, you know, just everyone in our daily lives. So like, you know, as a woman, as a queer person, as someone who grew up in the Bible Belt, as someone who was assigned female at birth, like, you know, I feel like talking about these subjects that maybe are a little more less talked about, at least, you know, where we're from, like, could definitely be helpful for others because, you know, full circle and all that. And, you know, again, it's for me and I kind of tying back into what Cheryl said as well, therapeutic to just like talk about it, to, you know, put it out in the open and tangibilize it or visualize it, have it be something I can, you know, see and hear. And I don't know. I think it, I, I just think it's, it could be a cool, fun thing to do. I think that's great. And so I think we should probably preface and say, maybe talk a little bit about, um, you know, because we talked about therapy, we talked about like, you know, trauma and stuff like that. I mean, I, I just want to like full disclosure, um, at least for myself, I don't have any formal diagnosis and I'm not going to attempt to self-diagnose on this podcast. Um, it, it, I mean, I might go to therapy at some point. And I'm sure I'll share that on here. Um, I'm I'm one of those people that's a little bit, I guess, like has a fear of being diagnosed with something I get, and that's probably not like, I know that's not healthy and it's not a healthy choice that I make. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to just talk about it from myself and try not to put any kind of like self-diagnosis on there, even though, you know, like the other people on this podcast have diagnosed me, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to try to avoid that as much as possible. So that that's like my disclaimer of that. I might say, I feel this way or think this way and this and this help, but that's just, coming from someone who is according to his paperwork at the doctor perfectly normal uh, <laughs> meanwhile i i feel the same way only my uh the things i say my opinions could be swayed by medication <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you want to i mean i, I don't want to put you on the spot but do you want to talk about like either one of you both of you like what what your diagnoses are um i mean just you just like put it out on its face and put it out there that way people know um i, I volunteer oh, shit. because i mean i mean fuck i'm i'm like it's a whole new world of discovery um no but i recently have you know received like the actual medical diagnosis of um ptsd and ocd um which i've never 
formally received. Um, and basically the difference is, is it's now kind of been, you know, an ongoing issue long enough that it's traditional therapies, you know, that may be used for more broader, more broader, LOL, um, (laughs) mental, yes, yes, psychiatric conditions, um, it just hasn't necessarily worked for me as it may for others. So reaching the more kind of specific PTSD and OCD diagnoses thing kind of opened up an avenue for me to be able to um, come up with better, healthier coping mechanisms for more persistent everyday problems, you know, which is how my OCD and PTSD present themselves, which is the kicker. Gotcha. Cheryl, do do you want to talk about that? I'm not going to put you on the spot. If you just want to be like, no, that's, that's totally healthy. Oh, you know, I totally don't care. Um, It's a list. Okay. So we're not going to get into like criteria or anything unless you want me to. I don't, I don't but, think it's that. I mean, we can do a whole episode about that stuff if we want to later. But I mean, I think that's kind of what just, I figured. Yeah, yeah. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. So, and, and so I'm on my second therapist, um, a secular therapist, which I highly recommend because my first one wouldn't give me a diagnosis because she said, quote, it's too hard to treat. So I don't give anyone that diagnosis, even though you probably have it, end quote. And so but, but, she gets. So- Real quick, I just wanted to, you saying secular therapist, I mean, I think we should totally shout out Secular Therapy Project. Um, yeah. I mean, Which is where know, th- thanks for found. helping Cheryl find a therapist. Yeah. Um, so the first therapist gave me just a diagnosis of depression. And I finally just quit going to her and it, it, it was awful. But um, this one, you know, if you want to look at a book like my my therapist keeps two records on you. And if anyone official ever comes in to look at a book, it's going to read generalized anxiety for insurance purposes and things like that. But if you want the real shit, um, I have, you know, the anxiety and uh, borderline personality disorder, which it's, it's not like a, are you on, do you have a personality disorder or not? It's basically you're on the border of psychosis and neurosis. Um, and, Branching out from that, I have a avoidant personality disorder, paranoid personality disorder, and traits of dependent personality disorder. And we can talk about all that later. <laughs> That's a tool for later. Damn. Honestly, I just think that's like, like to just no to like hear like your level of candor when speaking about that. I'm like slow clap applause like <laughs> well, that's border- the disorder <laughs> yeah. yeah well borderlines get a really bad rap because they're like oh i knew this one bitch and she was crazy but what people don't really realize is you I know there i do that no there are there are 
Like there are nine diagnostic criteria for borderline. You have to hit at least five of those, but that doesn't mean you can only have five. You can have five, you can have six, you can have seven, you can have all nine. So there are 256 different types just based on, you know, solely numerical, just on an algorithm there. So if you know one borderline, you don't know the others, but then you throw that other shit in there of the avoidant personality disorder, the paranoid, and then the dependent traits, which um, I don't have that disorder because that's in general on everyone. And I don't do well with people. It's really just with will. And so that's why it's not that full on disorder. What what Cheryl is saying is that like dependent personality disorder, you you apply that kind of more broadly, whereas hers is more specific. Mine zones into just the one person. And, you know, a lot of that going back to, to childhood, um, she thinks that kind of stemmed on the one person as where like my mother didn't show me like any kind of compassion or emotion or acceptance. And so then when I hit the one person that showed me that unconditionally, I latched onto and like you, you pair that with the, the borderline, which most borderlines have a irrational fear of abandonment and it can be from just everyone, but mine still pairs with that one person and it, it can get intense. Basically like borderline personality disorder, it's dichotomous thinking. You're everything's in extremes. It's black and white. It's, and, and I, I, as Will said earlier, he's not going to self-diagnose. I absolutely hate self-diagnosis when it comes to personality disorders because I feel that it's becoming more like a trend because you know it's it it, everyone's like you know I have depression or I have anxiety and that became the thing it's like oh it's my anxiety it it just it grates on me to hear someone say that I'm like oh what what'd your doctor say I haven't been but I know I have it I absolutely hate that I haven't been but I know I have it and borderline is kind Uh... of the thing that's right now. People are like, I don't have it, but I, I haven't been, I, I don't have a professional diagnosis because, you know, not everybody has the money to get it. And I'm like, oh that's fine. God. But say you feel like you have traits or say that you can relate to it, but don't diagnose yourself because that can put you into a whole different kind of thinking and yes. you're yeah, going to hurt yourself more than you help. Yeah. And then think you give the rest absolutely. of us a bad name. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and then people do shit and they're like, you know, I went off on this person and punched a hole in the wall, but I have borderline personality disorder. And I'm like, no, bitch, you don't. You're just, you know, you're not in control of anything. You're not even trying. And it makes the rest of us look bad. Um, it's really hard in, when you're borderline to find a therapist because, like my first therapist, a lot of them will reject you because it, you know, there is, you treat symptoms of it, but you don't actually treat it. There's not a, a fix it. Yes. You know, to, to what you were saying, I don't want to get too far away from that, just in case, you know, I, I think it depends on like our listeners, like how, whatever, like how extremely online you might happen to be. But, you know, you guys have probably seen some of the latest TikTok trends are acting like you have certain disorders for the point of gaining followers. Um, and so that, that's kind of what Cheryl's talking about. I mean, you know, not that you can't look at yourself and say, man, I feel like I have a problem and need help or want help. Yeah, it's a good place to start, but don't claim the diagnosis if you haven't been given a diagnosis. Especially as an excuse to, like, be shitty. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and to what Cheryl was saying earlier, just again for our listeners at home, you know, when you self-diagnose with something like that and you kind of, like, consume that media you know, join those Facebook groups or whatever and kind of surround yourself with that, you can, you know, you can change your thinking. I mean, that's, that's cognitive behavioral therapy 
that you're doing on yourself. You know, you're training your brain to think a certain way, even if that's not actually a way your brain is used to thinking. And you can, you know, you can, you can talk yourself into a lot of stuff. The brain's very malleable. It's very flexible. Um, you know, so it may say it's, it's a powerful, you can be your own worst enemy when it comes to stuff like that. I, I know it's ridiculous, but even beyond having a therapist or something diagnose you, I'm just like, let's start doing brain scans. Let's start scanning it so you can see. And even, even just to touch back to what you said, don't use that as a reason to be shitty and say, this is what you have. I even think even, you know, even with, if you have a diagnosis, don't use that as an excuse to be shitty. You know, you're supposed to work on it and challenge those thoughts and use your skills. And I mean, I, I, I know that sometimes, and I've, I've told you like with it, I can watch something and I can be like, you know, I know this isn't logical. This isn't what's happening. This is dumb. Don't act on it. And I can watch myself act on it. And I'm like, Hey, no, you're wrong. Stop. But the words just keep on coming. I'm fine. That's right, you are. <laughs> but I feel like I'm a lot better, especially with this therapist. And yeah, no, I agree. The, I'm in um, DBT, uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, as well. And um, on a different combination of medicine, which I feel like does well. Uh, she's uh, We do medication just through my primary caregiver, but she's talked about having me go see a psychiatrist as well. I mean, I, I, this is just me speaking to me from someone who has a relationship with you. And I do feel like, I mean, just like the last, this therapist that you're going to now, the last little over a year, I think, it, or it's, I guess it's been closer to two years now, hasn't it? Uh, it, it was a year in December. Okay. Or November, a year in November. I mean, I feel like it's helped you a lot. I mean, it's, you know, just, it's, you know, I, I feel like you're a lot more like stable, like personality wise. And I know, I know you're probably going to like immediately say, Hey, I don't feel it, but like, <laughs> it, I, you know, you're not like impacting the people around you with it, I guess. Like you're doing a lot better job of like being more in control of who you are and what you do. And so, I mean, I just want to say, and I, I would say this to both of you, but I mean, speaking specifically to my wife, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of the progress you've made. Oh, <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get we'll we'll unpack all of why it's not easy in a later episode. I was gonna say I was like I'm just like I have so much to say like about like my own like trauma and shit, and even just you know about like therapy and uh oh man that's gonna be a like an arc yeah therapy like medication you know the the balance I think of you know living in the bible belt and trying to find a therapist and you know a doctor to prescribe you medicine to help you deal with like you know childhood trauma with with my first therapist the doctor that she had me see to prescribe my medication literally had scripture all over the wall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about why that matters in a later episode too because one thing that we'll definitely be talking about is, is religious trauma um you know I, and just just like i don't want to get too much into the nitty-gritty of that either but i certainly don't want to wait to offend you at home um but we're we're definitely in general on this podcast not fans of organized religion and you'll see why later. <laughs> yes. Uh... I, I'm not saying if you're religious, you can't listen. I mean, I hope I hope that you know you you you're one of a 
pretty large group of people that are able to kind of differentiate between their religion and other people's religion and their experience and other people's experience. But yeah, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat it or hide it and you get five episodes in and love us and then hate us and leave a bad review. Yes. So I'm just warning you now. Yes. All that's all I can think is like, I'm over here, like ready to stare into the yawning abyss of like, you know, these kind of, these bigger problems that you know we as a society tend not to notice and i'm just i'm very excited to to delve into it with both of you okay so uh now we're gonna i think that's a really good break point for our next segment which is our tabletop role-playing game segment and in future episodes but not this one we'll probably have like a little stinger music or a little intro music or something but i think it will make more sense to choose that after we choose the system which is what I want to talk about today. Um, so I guess the first thing before I like talk about the system, so I've, I've narrowed it down to a couple of different like game systems that we can talk about and choose from. But before we get into that, I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about what we want to get out of this um, tabletop role-playing game. And the reason I wanted to talk about that is because, you know, I don't know if you guys like, like see news or read blog posts or whatever about like tabletop tabletop role-playing games but more and more they're being used for like therapy not what i necessarily want to do here but i mean but maybe i don't know um but yeah so what do you want to get out of a ttrpg i sorry i don't mean to jump in but i have many a thought think um i think no i think that could be a really constructive way to like not only develop more healthy coping mechanisms by you know kind of thinking more outside the box but it's also a good way to kind of you know gain knowledge and ability of kind of talking about not only past traumas more serious traumas but also everyday traumas which could be future. I think that's great. Terrible traumas. Yikes. Oof. <laughs> <sighs> what do you think, Joe? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm just here for it. She's here for it. So the, the, the systems that I've been looking at basically are systems where as the player characters, as the protagonists of the game, you will be taking on the role of a a child or a teenager. Um, And I thought that would be fun because, you know, as we go through this podcast, I think what we're going to talk about a lot is our respective childhood traumas, you know, how that influences who we are today, how we think, how we cope, how we deal with stuff. But, um, you know, when we were kind of coming up with the idea for this podcast, we, we decided that it would be probably boring if it was just us shooting the shit for 30 or 45 minutes every episode. People probably wouldn't want to hear that, but maybe you do. And if so, um, you know, if you liked this segment we just did, if you would rather just hear, hear more of shooting the shit, uh, shoot us a tweet um, at has weird childhoods. Um, we'd love to hear from you. But so the the um the systems that i've looked looking at so the first one you guys have heard me talk about this one before not you guys listeners at home but um people on this pod and that is kids on bikes um kids on bikes is almost more of a a storytelling rpg than it is like a a technical technical tactical rpg um but basically it's it's your setting is kind of like that et 
Stranger Things type vibe. So, you know, pre-cell phones, pre-internet. Um, and you you play everyday people. And I'm reading the log line now. So this is not me. This is me reading the log line. You take on the roles of everyday people grappling with strange, terrifying, and very, very powerful forces that they cannot defeat, control, or even fully understand. Create a community-controlled, powered character to add another dimension of gameplay to your games. And so that, you know, powered character is the E.T. or the Eleven. So it kind of has that, like, fantastical element to it. That's Kids on Bikes. Uh, the second one that I've been looking at is is Beyond the Wall. Now, Beyond the Wall is pretty cool because it is more like a kind of a 5e or an OSR um, type RPG. And it, it, so it's fantasy setting. So like typical fantasy tropes. Um, and basically what, what the, the concept, the logline for that is, it says every home needs its heroes. Your small village seems like a haven to you and your friends, but it's not safe. Dangerous fairies lurk in the forest just outside of town. Wicked men and ferocious monsters are a constant threat, and sometimes dark forces find their way into your neighbor's hearts. You and your companions are young and untested, but ready to protect what matters. So that's uh, Beyond the Wall and Other Adventures. And basically, you're, you, know, you, you play people that are in a village, typically kids that are in a village that are just starting out. You're not heroes yet. You've grown up in this village, and you kind of are adventuring for the first time beyond the wall. Um, the last one that I saw that I think is interesting, and I just want to say, we're not necessarily going to decide one on this episode. Like if you, you know, want to look and find something different or outside of this, love to like explore other ones, or, you know, if we're not already too far ahead, you can totally add us, um, with your idea for a good, um, good RPG, but that's probably not going to happen. The third and final one that I found that I thought was interesting is Bubblegum Shoe. So Bubblegum Shoe is based on Gumshoe, which is a kind of a noir um, mystery-solving RPG. And so instead of, like, having skills and feats that apply to, like, specific combat scenarios, your skills are really your ability to discover and find out clues in order to solve a mystery. Bubblegum Shoe takes that and puts it into a teen detective story uh, the world is full of mysteries. It's up to your group of intrepid teen sleuths to solve them. In Bubblegum Shoe, players step into the shoes of high schoolers solving mysteries in a modern American small town. Discover clues, solve problems, and throw down with enemies in this streamlined RPG based on the Gumshoe system. So, you know, I think that would, uh, to me, like, that wasn't my the first one I found. Like, this idea kind of started with kids on bikes, but Bubblegum Shoe, I was like, oh, that would be cool because, you know what better way to unpack stuff than through a mystery game? Yes. I, I, I think both. I honestly, I think any of those options sound intriguing. Have either of you ever watched or heard of Kipo and the wonder beasts? No on netflix i believe it's called okay so like that's kind of what it makes me think of it's just like it's a really cute tv show that i've watched as part of kind of like my own like working through childhood trauma so like i really like the idea of kind of bridging healthy like mental habits and coping mechanisms just like in our own everyday lives like, but also, you know, telling our own truth and story, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, no. And, I, and like, and so like, as I was thinking through this too, you know, 
I, I obviously, and we'll get into this. I mean, like, you know, so trigger warning, um, religious trauma. But I mean, I thought that really all three of those had the opportunity to really kind of like explore, you know, the influence of, you know, the church on small town Southern America. I mean, which is something that kind of impacted all of us in various ways as we grew up, as we were, you know, teenagers, young adults. I mean, you know, so I thought that that might kind of be a fun, like, tact to take. Because I want, even though I think, you know, part of the RPG will be like, like looking at trauma from different perspectives. And like you said, hand talking about coping mechanisms, it'll also be about having a good time and having fun playing a game and it being a game. And so I was like, oh, we could come up with a really cool antagonist, you know, based in that scenario. Yes, I agree. And I, and I and realized like... that I compared the first two to like you know, popular media, bubblegum shoe, you're like Scooby-Doo in modern times, basically. Like that's kind of the, the conceit of the concept, you know, that you're solving mysteries in your small town. Right. No, I think that's awesome because like, I feel like collaborative storytelling, like, especially when it's, you know, kind of facilitated. I don't know. I, I think it'll be fun if nothing else. So and you know, I would love, like, as we progress, if we like pick a system and stick to it. I mean, like, this system that we're using to record the podcast on, it seems pretty, pretty useful, pretty handy. Um, you know, I'll definitely like come up with some music cues and some other stuff that we can kind of potentially punch in there and like, you know, step it up and play with it. Um, but I'll just warn all of our listeners that at least the first several episodes are going to be quite underproduced. Um, it's not that we don't love you, but we're not going to invest our time in you until you you prove yourself to be a worthy listener. <laughs> I'm never gonna say I love you. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. It'll make more Set sense those later. Boundaries. It'll make more sense later. <laughs> That's a tool we'll use later. <laughs> You'll have to come back next time. And then, like the quick disclaimer that sped up really fast about how we're not licensed therapists or life coaches or anything like that. Oh, yeah. So we just like to stop. Yeah. Okay, well, I, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. I think that's a great a great point to stop this episode. Um, we can talk through the systems uh, potentially on another episode. Um, we're probably going to cut this up a little bit into the first episode just a, just a touch because I realized we didn't really introduce ourselves. So this will probably be episode two that you've just listened to. But um, before we go, before we close this out, I just want to ask um, Han, Cheryl, any plugs, anything you're doing, want to plug, want to talk about? Yikes. Uh, mm, no, not me. Streaming on Twitch. Got a recipe blog. I wish. Well, when you when you have one, you can come plug it here. But one thing that we're all doing that we'd be happy to plug at the end of our episode is this podcast has weird childhoods. Um, if you liked it, hope you'll subscribe to it. Make sure to click that subscribe button. Um, would love for you to leave us a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Twitter at has weird childhoods. And you can also send us an email to has weird childhoods at gmail.com. As we progress through our TTRPG, if you've got like, you know, cool character art that you want to send to us, we'd be happy to throw it up on our socials and talk about it on the show. If you have ideas for future episodes or things you'd like to hear us discuss or talk about, be sure to send it to us. Um, add us, follow. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to the next episode. Bye. Bye.
I'm, I'm playing a little music. I don't know if you guys can hear it this time. Dang. 